Hello and welcome to Chewing the Fat with Mike, the podcast where we remind you to be thankful because today you woke up with air in your lungs, food in your pantry, and above all, coffee in your cup. I am your host, Michael D. Smith. Now today I want to talk about my father. I tried to interview him, but he gave me a solid answer. It was no, but that's fine. Nothing against him. I'm not mad or anything. My dad's actually quite a character. I get most of my sense of humor from... not. I wouldn't say most, but I'd say a good portion of my sense of humor from him. Like, we find the same things kind of funny. Like, I remember when I was a teenager, my dad used to ask me what kind of women that I was into. Like, what was the type of girl I was trying to find? And I remember telling him, I'd be like, well, you know, I'd like her to be pretty. I mean, not like pretty to like the average normal standard, but as long as I find her pretty, like I don't care what anybody else thinks. And I was like, and I'd like her to be smart too. And immediately he snaps at me, which kind of made me (laughs) a little like, what the hell are you about to say? And he comes back and he's like, Well, what do you have to offer a woman like that? And I looked at my dad, and I remember saying, Dad, even the most beautiful, smart women go slumming every now and again. And I have never seen or heard my dad laugh so hard from something that I have said in my entire life. So that gives you a little perspective of my dad and I's relationship. And I want to talk about how he... He's a rare person because my dad, one of the things he can do is, like, I remember when we were working on my car one time, it was an older car, it was like a 94 or something, and he sent me, because he lived next to the library over there, but uh, he sent me to the library and he was like, well, get this book. And I got him the book. He's like, get the book on the car. So I got him the book. And he read it for like two days. He looked up what he needed and he read it. And he just knew. From then on, he was like, okay, yeah, I know what's going on now. I think I know what's going on. I think I'm going to try this. And he got my car working. And that's that's just the kind of guy my dad is. And, you know, I've always I've always kind of looked up to him. But, you know, when you get older, you don't really look up to your parents anymore. You kind of, you're just like, okay, that's my dad. He's a badass. (laughs) Something, he's got skills that I'll probably never have. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with that. All of us are built differently. But there are some skills that a person should have. It's weird when I think about it because... I've always been told that I look just like him, kind of. I mean, I'm heavier than he is, but I, other than that, like I, I was always told that I look just like him. And it's actually because of him I took up an interest in cooking. I remember watching him when I was a kid, and he did a lot of it. And I remember him basically making things out of nothing, and I always thought that was really cool. And edible, extremely edible. So... <laughs> I was always interested in cooking from then on because I saw 
when I was a child, that's just what I saw. I saw my dad up at the stove with a pot mixing stuff in it. However, I couldn't see inside the pot because I was just a little shit back in the day, you know. And uh, that's that's really where I got my interest in that. I got my interest in a lot of things from him, but at the same time, we're pretty different. I mean, I like to, I like, I would like to be more mechanically advised the way he is. He is so mechanically advised. He's actually a maintenance guy where he works, but I swear you could give this guy two sprockets, a chain and some tires, and he could make you a makeshift bike. That that's the kind of guy he is. Actually, he's a he's a plumber by trade. But he is a pipe fitter. So I guess, you know, kind of kind of same thing. You know, not, not really, but it's part of plumbing, I guess. And I remember, this wasn't very long ago, I called him and I was like, Dad, I'm getting sick of my toilet. I'm getting real sick of this shit in the toilet. And the toilet itself, I'm getting sick of everything. Because I was getting really tired of happening to get in the back of my toilet because it would always just run and run and run and it would take forever to fill up and I was so ready to replace it and it was in this house when it was purchased. Funny thing, he didn't actually purchase the house. It was my stepmom who bought the house with some money she inherited and I guess what happened was they were planning on fixing it up, selling it, making a profit. Well, turns out I graduated high school. Thank you, Jesus. But after I graduated, uh, I stayed here. And I ended up buying the house from my dad and stepmom. And I can't forget about my stepmom. My stepmom played a huge factor in my adult life as well, because she has been in HR at a company, got me a job there pretty much, pretty much handed me the job, and um, that that was pretty awesome, and I worked there for like four or five months, I got laid off, and then I went to a different job, I'd get fired, and then I went to another job, I'd get fired, and then I'd come back there and work there for a little bit. And then my temporary time would be up. And they'd let me go. And then I'd go somewhere else and I'd get fired. And then <laughs> I'd come back. And that last time, that my last little stint there, I was there for five years actually. Almost six. And then uh, just last year I left and I went to Standard Motors but back to the house and fixing things and my father. So my dad, uh, I needed help because he's a, he's a plumber by trade. So he knows what a good toilet is. He knows what a bad toilet is. And he told me, he's like, you're going to either want Kohler or American Standard. He's like, measure the nut on the ground from the wall. And he's like, and that'll tell you what size toilet you need. So I said, okay, I measured it. I was like, all right, it's about 12 and a half inches. He's like, all right, so you're going to want a 12 incher. He met me at the uh, the hardware to pick up the uh, the actual toilet. 
And then we had to go back there for something. Oh, I don't remember what it was, but we had already bought a wax ring, like a big old wax ring, because he said that the leaking around the front and edges of my toilet is probably due to the wax ring. So we got the new toilet, and then we came back to the house, and I learned very quickly just how much a toilet weighs. It doesn't really weigh anything. It weighs probably about 30 to 40 pounds. I don't know. It doesn't weigh much. But we ended up getting it out and replacing it like it was like it was nothing. And it was fine. I mean, it just took a little bit. But for me to call out, for me to call out a plumber to actually replace the toilet would have been extremely expensive. Aside from just buying the toilet, because all we had to do was pay like the 200 bucks for the toilet. And that was, that was pretty cool. What else has he done? Oh, he rerouted my drain system in my house. That was pretty sweet. I told him, I said, hey, the, uh, the sink keeps backing up by where my, uh, uh, washer and dryer are. I'm sorry. By where my washer and dryer are, the sink keeps backing up when it's draining in there. He came over, and we were trying to deal with it, and he ended up getting pissed off. And he was just like, yeah, I knew I should have dealt with this freaking thing when I bought the house. And he just, we went over to my uncle's place, and we grabbed a Sawzall. Was it a Sawzall? Yeah, it was a Sawzall. And then we went back to my house in the basement and he just cut it leveled it with the ground and he bought some pvc pipes oh wait no we went to the hardware store and then we went back to the house that's right because he had to buy some pvc pipes so that was our second trip to the hardware store and i i mean i paid for it you know because it's my house you know so so we go to the basement and he cuts he cuts this pipe flat, flat with the ground. And he's like, oh, it'll be okay. Well, it might have been a little off, but he's like, oh, it's pretty close. So <laughs> he takes a PVC pipe, he puts it in the ground, and then he sticks it back under where my sink is in the basement. And he just takes it back towards the wall completely. And he brings it over. He has me measure it before we do all this. So he can make sure. So And he cuts it down, you know, if we need it cut down. And then he brought it over because he connected like an elbow joint to it. And he brought it over outside where my washer was. And then he connected another elbow joint to it. And he brought it up. And then he cut it off at the top. And he had me clean it. That's another thing. Make sure you clean where you cut your pipes with a utility knife. But also put sealant and glue. Maybe it's primer. I'm not sure. But he uses those and he had me clean the cuts and he rerouted my drain system in my basement. And I thought that was pretty cool. Because 
I mean, I would have needed to research that for at least three weeks to figure out how what I was supposed to be doing. I tried doing my own stuff by YouTubing it, and I was on the phone with my dad. He ended up coming over, and he ran in. He runs into my girlfriend first, and he's like, "Where's he at?" He's like, "He's she's in the bathroom. He's been in there." cursing for the past 40 minutes <laughs> and my dad says yeah sounds like a plumber <laughs> family genes i guess <laughs> what i was doing was i was trying to in my old toilet i was trying to replace the guts in it so it would actually you know because those it has the same flushing assembly in it that was in it when we bought the house, which was 12 years ago, 13 now. And I hate, I will admit that I hate this more than anything. I always seem to call him and ask him for help at the worst times for him. But sure enough, he'd be over there as soon as he could. And I'm about to get a little personal here. When I was 16 or 17, I can't remember the exact age, and the news had come to me that he had had a heart attack, I didn't know how to react. And we made the two and a half hour drive up there to go see him. We heard it was a minor one, and you know, Minor or major, still, you hear heart attack and you're thinking the worst. So we go up there. We made that two and a half hour drive. You know, because the, the bypass through Kokomo didn't exist then. So we get there. And I'm not much of a crier, but when I saw my dad... I just lost it, man. That is not something that I recommend anybody going through. That is the worst absolute feeling that I have ever felt. And this opens up the prologue to the rest of the story, kind of. So anyway, we feel, we find out that there's something called a BK virus inside of all of us, but it lies pretty dormant. With a person with, you know, normal functioning kidneys, it lies at about 100, you know, because it is a virus that lives in all of us. But with a person with normal functioning kidneys, as I said earlier, it's at about 100. My dad's, I think it got up to over a million. Everyone was really scared. Everyone was... Really kind of panicking a little bit. We didn't really know what to do. So what happened was my sister got tested to see if she was a match. I got tested to see if I was a match. And they asked me a couple questions. And I was trying to be as honest as I could. And my sister got shot down and so did I. Later I found out that he didn't want kidneys from his kids just in case we went through the same issues when we were older, but, you know, 
when your parents are in or when your dad is in a certain situation like that, you you're not really thinking about yourself later on in life. You're you're wanting to save your dad. And it hurt to know that that was something that I couldn't do. So, moving forward, they put up billboards in Indianapolis, you know, saying, oh, if you have this, if you've got good kidneys and you'd be in the mood to donate. <laughs> Not like in the mood. I'm in the mood to give my kidney away. No, but then my sister, myself, and my little brother. My sister, my brother, and myself. That's how you say that. We took a picture together and they put it up on a billboard saying Paul needs a kidney was the headline. And it had a little information on there about what website you could go to, what numbers you could call. And that was actually a big hit, but it turns out it ultimately a lot of people, I guess, backed out of that. It wasn't until later when, and this is where I got to give a big props and I got to give a big, big shout out to my brother-in-law, JJ, Jimmy Jokum. <laughs> and even though he was in a match with my father, he, uh, what we ended up doing was he donated a kidney and another family got his kidney and they had knew a guy with a kidney and he donated a kidney or it was a girl. I'm not sure, but they had someone who had a kidney that they were donating to another family that had a donor that was a match for my dad, apparently. So there were like six or seven people involved in this, but, and I... I thank God for this, but at the same time, you have to look at those doctors. If you ha if you guys go back and look at my interview with Lindy, she's actually a medical professional, but I mean, those doctors, those doctors have to be so prepped, so well trained, and I mean, I'm just thankful thankful for the awesome doctor that was able to you know do that for them and me doctors really don't get the praise that they should so yeah my brother-in-law i mean he saw how upset my it made my sister and um i guess his kidney was in good shape so yeah without without my brother-in-law you know, my dad wouldn't be here. So, you gotta really look at the selflessness that that decision took. And I mean, I thank God, I thank Jimmy, I thank the doctors, and it all just came together and it's worked out really nicely. And today I'm happy to report that my father is actually back to work. He had an extraordinarily high BK level, especially right after the transplant. And that made us all nervous. And it was really probably weighing down on my stepmom. We just wanted that damn BK level to go down. But, you know, it takes a little bit for your body to get acclimated to another kidney. 
So he was rolling at about a million in the BK levels and normal persons around a hundred. And as time went on, we were on about month three or so, I believe. I believe it was that long. I'm not 100% sure. That was a while ago. And his BK level just started dropping. I mean, dropping like crazy. He started having more energy. He started moving around more. He started doing more. Until eventually, he was right back to where I remember him being. Except now, he's not nearly as pissed off as he used to be. I remember one time I was like 24, and my dad and I, he, my dad's half Italian, and favorite memory with him was we got together one time for Thanksgiving, or it was some family gathering, and nobody really liked Chianti in the house, except my dad and I, and I remember we got a little pretty tipsy together, (laughs) And we did it off of, like, two and a half bottles of Chianti we shared. Now, Chianti is a dry Italian wine. The only reason he drank it was because my grandmother drank it, apparently. So he drank it, and he drank it, and I drank it, and it was it's just this big thing. Also, fun fact, I get my middle name from him. He gets it from his uncle, and his uncle got it from his dad, so technically, from four generations ago, straight back to the motherland, it, it, Italy? Italy. No, it's just Italy. It's not. Yeah, it's Italy. Yeah. So another fun fact about my father, he bought me like my first three or four cars. Cannot make this shit up. I was wrecking them faster than he could buy them. <laughs> I think I paid him back. I'm pretty sure I paid him back for all of them. He forgot about it. I came back later and I paid him back the remaining balance that I owed him. And I th- I think I've got a lot of characteristics like that from him, to be honest with you. Moving on now. So while my dad has been a big part of my life, I also have to bring up my stepmom. Because <laughs> my dad would not be in the place that he is in today if it wasn't for my stepmom. I cannot give my stepmom enough props to be honest with you because to go to go through that, to go to go through having your husband you know have a virus in his body due to the transplant that everybody wanted him to have, but now this virus is increasing because you know, transplant patients have a higher BK level than non-transplant individuals. But man, she she held everything down. She held she held down the fort. She really did. And she made sure my dad had everything that he needed. That his oh oh the uh, dialysis he was on, he did at home dialysis. And basically, uh, the fluid that they use in dialysis to clean out your body, they had actually sent to his house. He had like a new form of dialysis. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not new anymore, but back then it was new. And he used to have these bags sent to his house and he could stay at his house and he just did it from home. He just hated it because he had to stay in the same room for 10 hours. But, you know, at the same time, he was getting dialysis every day. 
and he was getting it at their house. Anyway, when you've been through all this with your dad, it's easy to remember to wake up thankful every day. Not everyone has their dad in their life, and I do. Still, I'm very lucky. Also, just wanted to revisit something that I said earlier. I keep saying I thank the doctors, I thank the doctors, and, you know, my brother-in-law and God. But let's not forget about somebody else who is in those operating rooms that get no credit. Thank your nurses, because really, without your nurses, your doctors wouldn't be able to do what they do without your nurses. Anyway, that'll about wrap it up for Chewing the Fat with Mike. As always, I am your host, Michael D. Smith, and until next time, stay blessed.